Welcome everybody to Investors Gallery. We have another exciting guest. I actually met this gentleman wow, a few months ago in Las Vegas um, at a uh, business slash networking slash uh, fund as in real estate fund and hedge fund event. Um, and for those who are listening for the first time, Investors Gallery is shot live in my home where I built uh, my office and my art gallery. And as always, the running joke is one day we'll get to shoot in the actual art gallery because I haven't finished building it yet. It's about 99% done. So the purpose of this podcast and this platform is to reach individuals, reach the public. So you guys have access to people you wouldn't normally have access to, the millionaires, the billionaires. Uh, last week, we had, um, we had a tax strategist on who typically helps a lot of high net worth investors and the lower end investors who are just getting started. So uh, our goal is to provide you with great information and also provide you with resources and the people to be able to get your business uh, further and build and scale and, and do amazing things in your life. So today uh, we have a gentleman that uh, I, we've been waiting a long time for. Um, he had me on his podcast first, he beat me, uh, but I, I have the chance, I have him here today um, sir, introduce yourself and let us know what you do and uh, tell us about failing to success. Yes, Presley, thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm extremely honored, humbled, and excited to be here today. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Tini Collin, 25 years old, and uh, like many of you here uh, attending the uh, the podcast, you know, I've got a passion for real estate and I started my journey about two years ago now. Yeah, two, two and a half years ago. Um, time passes by so fast. Um, so while going to school and working a part-time job, I wholesaled a handful of deals all virtually. And, um, you know, I was making $35,000 a year at, at my day job at the time. That's before taxes. And I was able to qualify for and purchase a standard three-bedroom, two-bath um, in a C-class neighborhood in Gastonia, North Carolina, uh, just a single-family home. Um, I was renting out two bedrooms um, at the time, and, you know, that was enough to cover the mortgage, but essentially not enough to cover, um, uh, not enough to cash flow, right? So uh, I used the space available in the mudroom where the um, washer and dryer were, and I slept there for a year. Right. So I actually slept in um, in my laundry room for a year and I rented out the third bedroom um, that allowed me to save up enough money to buy my second house here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And now I actually sleep in <laughs> in a bedroom. Um, and um, so I moved out of the Gastonia house. Uh, I converted that um, that mudroom, that laundry room where I used to sleep into a bedroom. Now the house is a four bedroom, two bath. And I'm renting out each room. Um, and I realized that, you know, scaling single family home was a complete, complete nightmare um, very early on. And um, I essentially created systems and processes to target off market multifamily properties, you know, in the five to 40 unit ranges. And um, about four months into making the switch into multifamily. Um, I purchased my first uh, multifamily property um, two months ago, where I plan on taking the property 
full cycle within five years. And um, now I'm also in the process of purchasing more multifamily properties with um, with JV partners. So that's a little background about me. Wow. Okay. Um, so everyone's already jealous because you're you're young and doing this. Um, a lot of people don't get that opportunity to do it this young, or we don't know because you don't know what you don't know. Yep. Uh, I want to get your mindset from when. What was going through your mind when you were sleeping on a laundry and in, in a laundry room? What gave you that motivation to say, "Hey, this is for the better, and I'm going to tough it out." Great question. You know, I think it it just came down to my why. You know, and part of my why is to essentially retire my mom, right? Because my mom has provided you know so much uh, for me and my family. You know, coming from Congo, uh, the poorest country in the world. Um, you know, she was essentially able to uh, provide my family and I with an opportunity to do better, right, and, and, and to have um, an opportunity for, to, to, to make a better life out of, you know, out of where we originally came from. So um, that's part of my why, you know, wanting to give back to my mom. And um, it was tough, though, you know, it was tough. Um, you know, sacrificing not only personal space um, was was definitely something that I had to 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 overcome. But the mindset again is 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 my why, right? So wanting to do much better for uh, my mom, but also wanting to do much better for myself as well, right? Wanting to accomplish my goals, um, which is essentially to retire myself and to have the freedom to do what I want to do and to help who I want to help. So always keeping that in mind really, um, you know, really allowed me to push through. So are there any books or YouTube videos is there or mentors? What, what outside forces uh, begin to shape how you think today? That's a good question. It was um, when I first learned about real estate, it was after college, right? I, I, I had no sense of direction. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do after college. And frankly, throughout college, I, 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 I always had to read books, but I was never really a fan of them. So really the first book that, 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 that I devoured um, as far as information goes and that really captivated me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that was to me the light switch that I needed really understand what I wanted to do in life and that was really at a time you know once again when I didn't know um, where I wanted to 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 take my my life where I wanted to um, to to be you know 10 20 30 years from now so that was a life-changing book and you know as far as mentor goes you know right now I have a mentor um, who comes from the same background as me, you know, he's Congolese. Um, I see him doing what he's doing. You know, he went from zero to 64 units, right? So somebody who, who comes from the same background as me, who looks like me, um, you know, is, 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 is really a, a pivotal piece to, to my motivation, right? To, to, to doing what I want to do. Um, and I've also had great, great, you know, business partners like, um, loan officers that have helped me qualify 
for single family homes when I was just making $35,000 a year before taxes, right? Um, prior to meeting uh, the, that specific loan officer, you know, I got rejected like by 20 loan officers because they told me that my DTI was too high. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful to say that I've had some incredible uh, people around me. And I've also um, devoured a bunch of information to essentially get the knowledge to, to, to be where I'm at today. So tell me about your first deal. How did you break into your first deal? Did you do it by yourself with a team? And how, how did that raise go? Yeah. So the, I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you is the uh, multifamily deal. So as soon as I made the switch to essentially target multifamily properties, um, I used the same systems and processes that I had um, when looking for wholesale deals, right? And essentially took those same systems and processes and applied it to finding larger multifamily properties. You know, like I said, five to 40 unit ranges. And I have a team of cold callers in the Philippines that cold call for me literally all day long, five days a week. So they were able to find a, um, a, a seller that was at least willing to, um, to, you know, give me a asking price, right? Prior to that, most multifamily properties were always like, oh, you know, throw me, you know, throw me an offer or, you know, let me hear what you got. Mm -hmm. So I find a, um, an owner that gives me an asking price. And at the time it was a hundred thousand dollars a door or sorry, less than a hundred thousand dollars a door. And if you know, you know, North Carolina, anything under $100,000 a door is something that you definitely need to take a look at. Mm -hmm. And so I reach out to him one time, two times, three times. He doesn't pick up. Um, and this was me making calls during my lunch break, you know, while I work. I reach out to this guy close to 20 times. Like around the 20th time, he finally picks up. And the first thing I tell him is, man, you are a tough person to find. <laughs> and we both start laughing. Um, and I tell him, you know, why I'm calling. You know, I tell him that I'm just getting started in multifamily. You know, I'm super transparent. Just, just getting started in multifamily. You know, this, this, this area of North Carolina is, is a promising area. You know, would love to connect, learn more about you, right? How you got started in multifamily, so I can learn from you as well. And I meet up with um, him and his wife, and we meet up at a um, Panera Bread. We sit down, and they start telling me their story telling me that they also uh, started house hacking, right? Similar to what I was doing at the time is, you know, renting out the bedrooms. So we connected, you know, like the, the report was there. We had a lot in common, which was great. And the next day I meet them at their property and we signed the contract. Um, fast forward, you know, we, we were able to come to really great terms, favorable terms, win-win scenario. And, um, you know, now it was time for me to actually close on it, right? So I have it at a great price. Um, now it's time for me to really find lenders and partners, right? Because I don't have the money to put down for this down payment. So, and I've always made it a priority to network. You know, I go to a whole bunch of meetups. I hope I, I go to a whole bunch of 
events. Um, and I was able to find a business partner at one of those meetups. Now granted, I had pitched a deal to many, many, many investors. Some of them told me that you know, the deal wasn't good. Some of them told me that I was wasting my time. Some of them told me that, you know, although they're interested, it's just not the right time for them to invest in this deal. So I went through a lot of no's. I went through a lot of no's, but luckily I found the one person that had faith in me in managing the deal. And um, he was able to put up, you know, 90% of the capital. He was able to, you know, sign on the loan um, and we're able to make it work. And, and that was a really, I mean, I was at the closing table, almost like, you know, signing the, the uh, paperwork, like shaking, like, wow, this is really happening. Mm -hmm. you know? That's um, very surreal. Yeah, very, very surreal. And, 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 and to, to think of everything that I went through just to get to the closing table was um, phenomenal. You know, an amazing feeling that, that I really hope everyone gets to experience at, 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 at some point, you know, something that you work so hard to, to have and it finally happens. Um, but then the other failures that I've gone through as well, since you know, we're in the topic of going through failures before reaching your success, is lenders, you know, I, it was my first time, you know, getting a, uh, a, a commercial loan, right? So now I had to work with different lenders, right? If, 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 because it wasn't residential anymore. And that was a whole nother beast as well. You know, I, I went through many banks and a lot of them told me no, because I just didn't have the balance sheet to, to sign on the loan, right? I didn't have the balance sheet or their, their terms weren't favorable, but, you know, luckily I focused on finding the business partner first once the business partner, you know, and I were on board about the structure and how we wanted to JV on it, the responsibilities, you know, it was much easier to, to, you know, uh, get them. How did you guys what, split? Was it 50, 50 or how did you guys work that out? Yep. So um, it was essentially structured from a money and responsibility standpoint right mm. so kind of like you know syndications right mm -hmm. so the person who brought the most capital had a portion of the deal and then the person who uh, operated the deal um had a portion of the deal as well so basically um it was a 60 40 split based That's off a of, split yeah which was <laughs> very 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 favorable especially for for a first deal because as you know you know sometimes when it's your first multifamily deal you'll be lucky if you get five percent of the deal mm -hmm. or even ten percent yeah. right um so yeah ended up being a 60 40 split based off of the responsibilities and who brought the you know the capital to the table so very was it a, uh, what class was it a c or a b the property yeah c class c, c class. class property in a very very nice like area oh you struck gold yeah <laughs> <laughs> especially for the first deal was it a uh was it a heavy lift or did it really require that much value add uh renovations so it was definitely outdated right it's a 19 you know it's 1960 property and we're still going through the um rehab right now um 1960 property i would say the biggest value add 
came from the uh, rent potential. So two bedroom, one bath units, uh, each rented at $325 on average, each unit, which is absurd anywhere in America to find two bedrooms rented at $325, bucks, right? So from there on out, the, the, the value add was already in, in, in the, in the uh, financials. Um, after that, really, it was like we're talking minor upgrades, right? So we ended up doing, you know, flooring, paints. We're updating some, uh, some outdated electrical, right? Getting rid of the, the old stuff. Um, we're, 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 we're really making sure that we're focusing on the safety measures as well, right? Because there are some older individuals living in the community. So making sure that we're, we're, we're uh, fixing the, 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 the uh, cracks um, on the sidewalks, we're adding handrails, you know, facing the fascia, you know, uh, fixing the um, gutters, things like that. So focus number one is safety measures. And then second was the, um, the feel and the look, right? So we're, we are redoing the outside completely, pressure washing the building, uh, making sure that the landscape is nice for that curb appeal for new residents. Um, so really happy with it right now. Uh, we're two units in, uh, in, in uh, into the renovations, and we're actually about to um, put those two units uh, for rent within the next uh, one or two weeks. What's the delta between the 325 and where you're at now? Yeah, so we're going to have them rented at 825. Wow, $500 delta. $500 delta, and we're putting in um, about $7,000 in each unit. That's about, that's the new normal. Yeah. Yeah, so you found you a, a very nice property. All the waiting and, and the hard work and the sweating, it paid off, huh? Man, Presley. I mean, like, you know how it is, right? Like being a hard worker yourself, you know, it's, 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 it can be difficult, right? To, to, to see the end of things, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when it's your first time going through it right and, and to me that was my first multi-family deal um and there were days nights where i didn't see the end of it right mm -hmm. like when where is this deal going to come from where am i going to find the money and to finally be in the space where i'm able to do this is really humbling so super happy with it how did your uh your loi look did they give you uh was it a typical 30 days um, for due diligence and 15 day extension. Yeah. So because uh, this was off market, right. Direct to sellers. I didn't have to submit an LOI. It was a straight PNS. Wow. Agreement. Yeah. And man, we were actually on the contract. Guess how long, how long I was on the contract on that deal for, I think three, like three and a half months. Wow. Three and a half months. I was on the contract and this deal basically I always had to ask for an extension, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a normal, um, you know, 45 days usually, mm -hmm. but within mm -hmm. those 45 days, I didn't have, like I hadn't found a business partner yet to close on, on the deal mm -hmm. because there were other things that I was doing, like, you know, inspections and things like that. Um, so I hadn't like, so I always had to extend the, um, the uh, PNS. Yeah. So it being, all out. Yeah, exactly. So it ended up being like a 90 day contract. Did it require <laughs> any, um, any money down for that? 
any I did put, money? No. No. Um, they were, like I said, I had a great relationship with them. Um, so they, luckily, they didn't ask me to, to, to <laughs> add any money when I asked for an extension. But I did put $1,000 down for um, uh, due diligence. Wow, $1,000. Yeah, man. If you find any more of those, please call me. That is amazing. What year? Two and a half years ago? How, how long ago did you get into that deal? Four months ago, actually. Four months May. ago. So pretty yeah. fresh. May. Yeah, May. Okay. Very mm -hmm. fresh. So this was right after fun launch? I was on the contracts um, okay. while, while attending fun launch. As a matter of fact, I was on the contracts for two months <laughs> while attending fun launch. But yeah, I, I closed wow. on Adobe like two weeks, two weeks after fun launch. Well, man, if you find any more deals like that, please let me know. I will get the funding, whatever you need. We will get it taken care of ASAP because that Do is it. that is definitely a unicorn deal. Five hundred dollar delta, even if it's only a three hundred dollar delta, that is that's a good deal. So the next deal that you're going on to now, you're you're trying to put one hundred and twenty units under contract, or is it already under contract? Trying to put one hundred twenty units under contract, but you know this is just as a recent. You know, frankly, uh, in the past month, month and a half, I've had three deals that I've had under contract. I've mm -hmm. had a fifteen unit deal. I've had a nine unit deal. I've had a, um, uh, a 30, 32 unit deal. Um, and, and again, like this is a side of the business that not a lot of people like to talk about, right? But all yeah. of those deals fell out of contracts. You know, uh, they were very, very attractive deals, but they fell out of contract. And again, this is just part of the game, right? Um, we, it's, 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 you know, it's a numbers game, right? Um, you know, for various reasons, you know, you go into inspections, you find out that there's asbestos, right? And then when you try to, you know, bring it up to the sellers, they're not willing to play ball. So you have to back out. Um, other aspects of, of, of things is when the, the deal is misrepresented, it turns out that the rent rolls is completely botched. So you have to <laughs> say that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to back out of the contract. So, you know, I've had three deals that I really thought, oh man, like, you know, here I am, I'm going to get my other multifamily deal. I'm super excited, but I'm having to back out of it. And again, that's just the mentality that you have to have when you go into multifamily or any projects, right? You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to learn. And that's just what I'm going through right now. Um, but right now, yes, I am looking at a 120 unit deal um, in the same market where I bought my first property, mm -hmm. sorry, my first multifamily property mm -hmm. and um, really promising. And, um, that's that's the 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 field that I'm trying to play at now is is larger hundred you know hundred plus units um, because when when you think about it the same amount of work that you're putting in for six units the same amount of work that you could be putting in for a hundred plus units yes right? yes that's so, what we preach hmm. so for the new deal is it currently just you or is it you and your your current partner. How are you guys, how are you doing that? Yep. So for this uh, new deal, this uh, 120 unit deal, I still haven't found a business partner yet because I'm still in the, um, 
in, in, in the underwriting phase with the, uh, uh, with the local bank. Okay. Um, but you know, once again, I'm going to tap into my network and, and, and see who can be a, um, a, a, a you know, a, a valuable business partner, right. Either from a joint venture standpoint or from a key principal standpoint, yep. um, or from a lending standpoint, right. Which is why I ask, um, Lori for a contact info, right. Cause you just never know. Um, right. there's some great partnerships to be had. And, you know, I'm also looking for, for, for new partnerships, you know, when I go into, uh, these, these larger deals. So. Yeah. Um, Friendships and partnerships are very, very important because it will definitely make a make a break deal, make or break a deal. So the deals that you've been finding, because I'm kind of, I'm curious about your area. Because mm-hmm. even though I get deals from your area, I don't typically underwrite them because I get it. I'll get another deal that's in you know Houston or San Antonio or Dallas, and I'll kind of you know veer toward that. Um, what are they asking for or when is your earnest money going hard in your state or in your city? It depends. It depends. Like I'll give you an example of a 15 unit deal that I had on a contract. Um, that one I negotiated to have a 60 day, a 60 day close 30 day due, due diligence um, with the uh, earnest money going hard after the 30 days. So like, it just all depends on what you what you negotiate with the broker or yeah. the seller, but I don't think that there's a specific, um, you know, legal, um, you know, legal uh, route. Yeah. Uh, for 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 all of my deals that I've had uh, on a contract, I've always negotiated for the earnest money to go hard after the um, uh, the inspection period has been, um, you know. Set, like done um in a way where i'm satisfied with 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 what i find mm-hmm. yeah the, the texas market is um is is becoming a little bit lighter um it was to a point where earnest money was hard day one yeah day one and i'm like um i don't really feel comfortable giving you uh two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> immediately non-refundable yeah. Um, but that, that's the games that we were playing and, and people were winning, you know, it's, it's, if you do your due diligence enough and do your, your, um, your digging and your underwriting well enough, you can kind of safeguard against it, but it's still, I mean, it's a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you can't get back. So yeah, the market is shifting a little bit. The, so for, for those who are listening, um, now listening and watching now, and for those who will be, um, and you can see the date on the podcast or whatever you clicked on, it's not that multifamily is not still a good asset. I believe it is still the absolute best asset you can buy. There was an article, a few articles that I've seen recently, but one in particular is the United States is short. Um, 4.3 million doors. That's how many doors we need just to kind of stay, you know, above water, but we're short. So we need to catch up 4 million doors. Those numbers are rising by the day. By the day. Um, I've, I've been hearing estimates uh, that we need between 8 million and 11 million doors nationwide. That's right. 
So what's happening is, yes, some areas, and I guess it depends on who you talk to. Some people say we're in a re uh, um, recession. I saw uh, a video today, a young lady was saying we're not in a, uh, in a recession because uh, the GDP has to go down two consecutive quarters and, and all the details. And I get it. And I get that you have to fulfill whatever that de definition is, but I don't know about that. I feel like we're in a recession, but recessions kind of help multifamily because everything and everybody trickles down to multifamily. Do you kind of feel and see the same thing in your area? Well, to, to be honest with you, Presley, I think multifamily in North Carolina is becoming super saturated as it is in most markets here in America. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, the direction that um, as we're heading into a recessionary market, the direction that um, most investors are going to go into, right, or some investors are going to go into, if you're smart, is more industrial and, um, you know, more true commercial property, mm -hmm. like triple net leases, things like that, mm -hmm. um, because they've been proven to be pretty re recession proof, right? Like when you talk, um, you know, industrial space, when you talk, um, oh, what's it called? Um, like alternative data space. Centers. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Space for like data centers, um, self-storage. Those are the asset classes that I think are, 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 are still like untapped. And frankly, oh, yeah. are, are providing much better returns than multifamily is nowadays because cash flow was the main reason why people went into multifamily. Now, essentially, mm -hmm. cash flow isn't the play anymore. It's more of an appreciation play, yes. right? On, 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 yes. Unless you're lucky and you're able to find, you know, gold mines here and there, right? Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, and, and frankly, like that's the direction that I'm also starting to go into right because multifamily now is becoming like i said super saturated so i'm looking at different asset classes um rv parks is another asset class that i'm looking at um, mm -hmm. where the returns are phenomenal um so so what's the next step so you're, you're one you're looking at different asset classes <clears throat> are you going to try to scale in multifamily or are you going to pivot or have you really thought it out I haven't officially made the move to pivot yet. Right now, I'm in the process where I'm educating myself in other asset classes, you know, finding out what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, my focus is still scaling in multifamily because uh, I still think that multifamily is a great asset class to be in. I just think it takes a little bit more time to find the right deals. That, yeah. that, that doesn't mean that I'm not patient, right? So I'm still going to... Um, be within multifamily because most of my connections, most of my, um, you know, sphere of influence is within multifamily. And so, you know, the focus is, is well and truly uh, to, to, to scale my portfolio. And I would like to be at a hundred units. So once I am at a hundred units by the end of this year, then I will start looking at other, other asset classes. Considering, considering your options, huh? That's right. Um, so what, what would you say your strength is, um, in your partnership? Are you the primary, the underwriter? Um, I guess you would kind of be the, the, the director of investor relations since you're the one <laughs> talking to the investors. But what would you say your strong suits are? I would say finding a deal, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. I would say finding a deal is, is, is truly what I, 
uh, what I um, what I excel at. Um, that's because of the fact that I have various systems and processes to target off market properties, uh, mostly through cold calling. But I would say the biggest challenge is I haven't found team members to allow me to essentially move away from other aspects of the business, right? Because I still find myself underwriting the deals. I still find myself, you know, trying to raise the capital. And so a lot of my time is, is, is spent doing different things rather than focusing on my, you know, on, on, on my expertise, right? So not sure if you read the book, Who Not How. I'm actually listening to it now. Yeah. Yep. Great book. Great book. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of finding my who's right now, right? Which is <laughs> an, an, an underwriter. I would like to have an underwriter on my team. Mm-hmm. And I would also like to have an investor relations um, team member. It's okay. You get to wear all the hats. Yeah, <laughs> find, finding a partner is very, diff- very difficult. We have uh, a gentleman now who is... Um, who do they call it? Uh, acting, I guess he's technically acting uh, underwriter, um, and trying to see if he feels comfortable in in that role. Um, yeah. it's, it, he's he's in the finance numbers uh, industry now, mm-hmm. but you know underwriting and and you know, Lori might be able to uh, attest to this, but being an underwriter and being in finance is kind of still two different things. Because, sure. um, you know, the approach is different, the results are different, what you're trying to do, and the actual processes and processes are, are different. Um, yeah. But yeah, finding a partner, uh, my, my partner, we've known each other for a couple years before, you know, um, we decided to actually create a, a partnership and do it. So yeah, you have to, one, find somebody who can complement your skill set, and two, somebody who you can get along with. What we are seeing is a lot of the brand name a lot of the syndicators that uh that are public and a lot of those who are private are the the partnerships are kind of starting to fall apart a little bit because the the characters don't mesh you know as well as they did in the beginning and i think there's there it was such a a false sense of maybe a false sense of security um 19 20 and, and 2021 because really, if you can get a deal under contract in a good area, it really didn't matter what you pay for because you can resell it, you know, for a ton of money later. And now that's not the case. Um, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago. I can't remember who I was talking to, um, but they had mentioned and we had a, a long discussion about now things are going back to how they used to be. Um, with the cap rates being uh, adjusted and um, it's kind of a little bit more of equity play and uh, 1920 and 21, everyone expected and was looking for this 18, 19% IRR. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, usually the case. Normally it's a, you know, 12%, 15%, you know, maybe 10% on a bad day, but it's, it's not normally 18%. And now we're kind of going back to what a typical return is, which is still better than the stock market because, you know, really the stock market after fees, you're four to six percent return. And people just don't know that. And they don't they don't do those calculations to understand what their, their true return is. 
Right. So how do you feel about the market now and where it's headed? I am extremely patient, extremely patient. I think a lot of savvy investors, as you should, uh, you should definitely um, uh, hold and stack your cash. Hold and stack your cash because opportunities are going to be coming, right? Don't just mm -hmm. dump into a deal right now just because, you know, it looks good um, from a face value standpoint. I think six months from now, a lot of sellers are going to, you know, get off their high horse, so to speak, and they're going to start pricing their properties at a much more uh, favorable, um, you know, favorable um, standpoint. Cap rate. The Cap rate. Is, yeah, <laughs> exactly. The other thing is, Presley, and I'm sure that you've also um, noticed is um, bridge, bridge loans were super, super, super popular the past two, three years. Mm -hmm. You know, but, <laughs> but these originals are going to come due. These these originals yep. are coming due with, you know, some in, in the next few months, some within the next year. And mm -hmm. those individuals are going to be um, left holding the bag. And so yep. unfortunately for them, you know, that's going to be an opportunity for somebody else to come in, essentially buy at a much, much, much better, um, you know, better price. So that's what we're waiting on. Exactly. So multifamily multifamily still a great asset so yes yeah absolutely. all right some other questions uh so i was going to ask you this before we started officially recording but i wanted to get this on air um because uh -oh. i've had the pleasure you you know this is going most of the people on the podcast i'm trying to think is that have i met anyone in person on the podcast maybe one or two most people are um on the other platforms and that's how I'm, social media or something like that or maybe through um some kind of a zoom networking meeting or dinner or whatever but i met you in person i'm, I'm very honored yes um, how tall are you <laughs> you know it was coming do you want the real answer i want the real answer because you wasn't you weren't wearing platforms when i met you Man, I'm just six three. You know, I'm not even that tall. Okay, well, I'm, I'm short, three. so six three is taller to me than it is for most people. Okay, I get that out the way. You were not looking at me like this, though. You know, because we, I know, I know to put distance between people <laughs> taller than me. Yeah, I'm. It's like Shaq and Kevin Hart. I, I know better. I'm not just gonna walk up to you that close, sir. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's not gonna make me look crazy. It's all calculated. It's all calculated. It is very, very calculated. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was definitely nice meeting you in person, and and what a great event. I mean, you, you know, being in a room with 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 all all these you know individuals who have great visions, who have great work ethic. I think that was really um, really needed for me personally to surround myself with these kind of individuals because a lot of the people that I met. Um, you included are at a level where I would like to be or are doing things that I would like to do, right? So staying in contact with people like yourself from that event have, has allowed me to essentially, um, you know, get, get pieces of, of information from, from, from each individual. So yeah, it was nice meeting you. Put the, the pieces of the puzzle, uh, the puzzle together. Exactly. You too, Jay. We miss you too. You're on mute. You can't talk, but we, we love you. 
Who is Jay? Did I meet Jay? Jay is on there from uh I don't know if you met her, but she was in um she was in the lunches and stuff um when oh. we had our, our, our networking events. You I'm sure you've met Jay. Yeah. Hey Jay. Jay's awesome. Uh Jay is also a big supporter of mine. So yeah, I love her to death. <laughs> um, okay, another personal question. When you scale to the point that you want to get to, what is going to be, if, if you haven't already done something with your first uh, acquisition, did you yeah. take an acquisition fee off of the, of the 12 unit? I did. Yeah, I took 3%. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So either for the 12 unit or for when you get to the, to the level that you feel comfortable, what is going to be a splurge, uh, a thank you to yourself for getting to that point? Oh man, that's a good question. The splurge. Yeah, you got to do better than a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I have to reward myself with the bedroom, man. Um, a splurge. Wow. Watch, car, clothes, vacation property. What, what's on the list? That's a good question. I'd probably, I'd probably go to. Um, you know, take myself to a nice vacation. I haven't been on vacation in a while. So I'll probably go to, you know, take a trip to the Maldives and then mm. just unwind, you know, Wi-Fi turned off mm. um, completely just, you yeah. know. Relax. <laughs> relax, clear my head and, and, and just, you know, meditate, you know. Let it all go. Yeah. <laughs> you say you're from the nice, Congo. Nice trip. Yeah. Are you from the Congo or just your mom? Born another and raised. Because yeah. I have I actually have a friend, another friend from the Congo. It, okay. Are are the population of people there are, are most people because I think Ba's like six, seven or almost seven feet. He's, it's something crazy. Are most people there really yeah. tall? <laughs> or is it just a coincidence? Uh I actually don't know. Okay. I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I, could, I could Google. That's what Google and YouTube are for. I'll look it up. <laughs> this is like Google, I, I hope I hope I don't go anywhere and people think all Americans are short because I'll be a bad representation for America. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna open it up and see if um anybody on um on a podcast has any questions or comments for you. Um. And then after that, we'll we'll wrap it up. Does anybody have any questions or comments for, for him? I just want to say congratulations, Colin. This is Jay. Hey, I was thank you. I'm not sure we met in person. I think I met Presley in person, but we're, we're bonded. And what I like is your calm demeanor. You know, you, you have a way of ex or delivering what you're reporting in, in a way that, you know, just instills com people's confidence naturally. So I'm sure you're on a, you know, a good path to success and being an example to your community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. That honestly means a lot. So I really appreciate you for saying that. Yeah. And I'm sure that we'll, we'll, we'll run, we'll hopefully run in into each other at, at a at an upcoming event yes and thank you presley for bringing colin on it's it's always a pleasure and a privilege to be here when are you coming on jay i don't know we can talk about it okay. <laughs> <laughs> whenever whenever you're ready I'm, I'm sure you get the emails just click uh, 
join as a panelist and or just give me a call. I sure will. I've got some developments to discuss with you as we speak. Okay, awesome. Um, so my partner slash attorney is not on the call because he is, I think, in a, somewhere not in his home state. <laughs> he flew out somewhere this morning. Uh, if I was a good partner, I probably would remember where he said, I think he's at Georgia or something. Um, so I can say this without getting in trouble at the moment until he listens to the podcast later. <laughs> so we're, we are starting, uh, we haven't launched yet, but we are starting um, a real estate investment fund. Um, where it's going to be uh, closed at and subscribed at $100 million. And we will be seeking uh, distressed multifamily, um, build to rent communities, um, as well as I'm missing one and I can't think of what it is. Distressed multifamily, build to rent, and it's, it's a third thing. And uh, North Carolina is actually one of our, our target focus, target areas is in, in the focuses. So Texas, Florida, and, and both Carolinas uh, and Georgia. So cool, I'm really excited. And I uh, hope once we get subscribed, I can come over there with you and we can buy up some stuff. So that way um, you can take a vacation, sir. Yes, yes, <laughs> come, come here, man, come here. It's fun here. <laughs> it's fun here. <laughs> I've heard I've heard nothing but good things about both Carolinas, mostly North Carolina. I don't think too many people that I've known have have been to South Carolina, maybe one or two. But I hear a lot, especially about Charlotte um, is doing uh, a lot of really good things there, especially oh, yeah. if you guys are at one hundred thousand and up a door. That means that's a that's a really big indication. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I would say Charlotte right now is definitely more on the expensive side as it should, right? It's like the, the main city, you know, mm -hmm. but I would say, you know, the outskirts of Charlotte is, is now where the, um, the, the, the personally where the opportunities are um, and, and, and where the, the, the price points and where the rent to, you know, rent to price ratio are more attractive for um, from a return standpoint. So looking at 30 to 45 minutes outside of Charlotte each, each way, Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, any more comments or questions? All right. I think we are up with the questions. We're done with the questions and comments. Do you have any, any gold nuggets you want to uh, share with in, in, uh, everyone watching or listening or anything motivational, anything that's just in your, in your spirit or in your gut that you think people should know? Yeah. I mean, take it from a, you know, this advice from a 25 year old, right? So take it with a grain of salt if you want, but um, for everything that's, that you embark yourself in, right? From every project that you embark yourself in, never, ever, ever um, turn your back on an opportunity to learn, right? Never turn your back on, on an opportunity to connect because you just never know um, who is going to be um, around you. Um, and that person can change your life for the better, right? Because you're always one person away from changing your life and you should always, always be open to, um, to doing though. So, yeah. So that's, that's all I have to say. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I'm excited, man. Keep me updated on your, uh, on your current deal. And yes. if you find a deal that that just blows it out the water, call me. Um, and the reason I say um, call me on an amazing deal, you know, besides the obvious, 
the good deal or the average deal, we want to use our investors and put them in the fund and then, you know, present the fund to you. And we can either uh, have our fund as a, uh, a GP of yours, or if you start a fund, we can be a fund of a fund. Okay. Um, but if it's a deal that just can't be passed, then, then let me know. And then we'll, we'll have some conversations with our people and get it snatched up. It's, it's always it's plenty of investors out there. You got it. You got All right. It. Well, thank you for, for joining us, man. I appreciate it. And Preston, uh, this was fun, man. Oh, Thanks. you know what? We, we can't end. Give us one or two minutes. Tell us about your podcast. How's it going? And just get just fill us in real quick. Yeah. So I have a podcast called Failing to Success in Multifamily, where I interview uh, various uh, successful individuals on their way to buying their first multifamily or have closed on 500 units and just highlighting their uh, failures, right, that they've gone through to get to that point. Most of the time, we only talk about, you know, all the, all the, 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 the luxury things, all the, the, the fancy, um, you know, celebratory posts, like, hey, I just closed on this, I just closed on that. But a lot of the time, um, the most valuable stories happen behind the scenes when individuals actually go through, um, through their challenges to get to their successes. So, um, I have a podcast called Thing Success Multifamily. It's going to come out in the next month, uh, month or two. I'm still recording videos right now, so it hasn't come out yet. Um, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm working on right now beside buying real estate. Cool. I appreciate it. All right. Excited to see great things from you, and I, we will chat later. Presley, thanks so much, man. You're the man. <laughs> All right. See everybody later. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.